Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast, the incremental anti-diet solution for effective permanent weight loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton, and I want to try something new today. For Saturday episodes, and this is airing on a Saturday, I try to keep them a little shorter and a little lighter. I try not to put out the heavy science episodes on Saturdays. I often do Q&A episodes where I tackle your questions or I just do shorter, more motivational, inspirational shows. When I do Q&As, I usually focus on longer, more in-depth questions and answers, but today, I get a lot of questions that are pretty short, sweet, simple, that wouldn't necessarily take up a full episode. So what I thought I'd do today is what I'm going to call the random show, pulling some shorter questions with shorter answers for another episode where I'm tackling your questions. But here's the thing. I need to know if you find this type of episode helpful or if you'd prefer that I keep with the regular old Q&A episodes where I tackle one question at a time and go into more detail. I thought that this might be a helpful way for me to get more of your questions answered and cover multiple topics on one episode without going into a whole lot of heavy science stuff. So please, please, please head over to primalpotential.com. I really need and want your feedback. Right on the homepage is a sign-up box where you just put your name and email address. That puts you on the VIP list where I send out my workouts and recipes, motivation, inspiration, stuff like that. But what I, I want you to get on the list because that's how you can just email me back really quickly and tell me, yes, I like these episodes. No, I don't. And if you do like these episodes, give me some more questions so that I can incorporate them into an upcoming show. So we're going to go through three or four questions, depending on how long they take me to answer, uh, that I've gotten from readers and listeners that are all different topics, all different topics. So the first one that I want to address is one about soy and soy products. A lot of people ask, do I personally, Elizabeth, eat soy products and do I recommend them? So we're talking, you know, tofu, soy milk, soybean oil, that kind of thing. And you all know that I'm very much all about moderation and doing what works for you, progress over perfection. I'm speaking personally here, the way I handle my own diet and the way I counsel my individual clients, I hate soy products. <laughs> like that is one thing that I say, 
I don't embrace moderation with soy. I avoid soy and I want to tell you why. So for me personally, I do not eat soy products. For people who are looking for a hormonal balance, who are looking for optimal uh, fat loss, I recommend that they not indulge in soy products. Now, if you love it and it works for you and you feel great, fantastic. Everybody's body is different. And so if it's working for you, then tune me out, skip to the next episode, skip to the next question. If you love them, you feel great, you're healthy and you're lean, go on with your soy eating self, right? I I personally, though, have a different perspective and I'm going to explain to you very quickly why. So soy products in general are, for the most part, highly processed and they have been linked to a number of different conditions whether it's digestive issues thyroid issues hormonal issues reproductive issues and it's because soybeans are a legume okay and they have naturally occurring toxins all right now all legumes do all legumes do that's why i and we'll get to this in a second, that's why I tend to avoid them, beans and things like that, because they naturally contain anti-nutrients, things that block the absorption of nutrients naturally occurring in that food or in other foods you eat them alongside of, okay? For example, if you were to put a legume on a salad, it can impair the absorption of other nutrients in the other elements of the salad. Does that make sense? So that's one thing about them. So all legumes contain these toxins, but they are found in higher levels in soybeans. And you are, there are some ways that you can reduce the toxin load in many legumes, but not in soybeans. They're more resistant to some of these ways that you can minimize the toxin load, okay? Now, soy also contains phytoestrogens. These are like estrogen mimics. And you all know from my story that I experienced estrogen dominance, and a lot of overweight people do because our adipose tissue can actually create more estrogen. So we become estrogen overloaded. And so I encourage people who are searching for hormone balance, men or women, to avoid environmental estrogens in things like plastics, but also estrogen mimics known as phytoestrogens in foods. And they are very, very common in soy products. These are estrogen-like compounds, very rich in soy products. So I I tend to avoid them. The other thing, unless we're talking about like edamame, most soy foods are highly, highly processed, highly processed, especially soy protein isolate, which is found in a lot of protein powders. It's found in infant formula. It's found in many protein bars, um, especially, you know, vegetarian sources when people are looking for things other than whey. It is made from the waste the waste product of soybean oil. So it's like the least desirable component that is how they make it. So I don't want something that's A, highly processed, made from the dregs of some other highly processed process, right? Does that make sense? So long story short there, no, I do not contain, I do not eat soy products, nor do I recommend that for people who are looking for fat loss or individuals who are experiencing any degree of hormonal imbalance. So uh, that was a longer answer than I intended to give, but I hope that it's helpful. Another similar question along that line, 
I get asked often is, why do you always reference almond butter? Why do you not ever talk about peanut butter? Do you eat peanut butter? And if not, why? Peanuts, like soybeans, are legumes, okay? Almonds, on the other hand, are not. They're nuts. So soybeans are legumes. They contain these toxins and anti-nutrients, which I probably should really do an entire episode on. So if you guys are interested in more of the toxins and the phytoestrogens and the anti-nutrients, please shoot me an email, let me know, and I can plan that. Um, So I kind of tend to avoid peanuts for the same reasons that I avoid Uh, soybeans. Now, there aren't the degree of phytoestrogens in the peanuts, but they do have the anti-nutrients and the toxins. So I just go with the almonds because they taste good. They don't have the same challenges. There are, I will say, there are anti-nutrients in nuts, but we're able to really minimize them if we soak the nuts. And so with almond butter, I will often make my own, take the almonds, soak them, and then puree them to make almond butter. But I'll also say, nuts are a trigger for me. What do I mean by a trigger? If I have a handful of almonds, I'm just as likely to have like 25 handfuls. Um, Nuts don't really fill me up very much, and the salty, crunchy combination is easy for me to overeat. That is something that I call a trigger. It encourages me to overeat or mindlessly eat. So when I know that something is a trigger for me, I really avoid it. So I do not have nuts of any kind all that often. I will have them if I'm traveling, but they're not a daily staple for me. Another totally different type of question. Do I drink or do I encourage other people to drink seltzer water? I'm totally okay with seltzer water. I did an entire episode on water. I think I mentioned in there that I enjoy LaCroix brand water. It's naturally flavored. It's really good. A lot of people have trouble drinking flat water. It just doesn't appeal to them. Uh, So yeah, drink seltzer water. No big deal. Take a look at it though. Some of it is sweetened. Some of it is artificially flavored. And if you really want to be a purist, I would look for natural flavors. And even if you're not going to be a purist, you don't need anything that is sweetened with sugar or sugar-like substances, right? It's just it's not necessary. Why waste your calories on something like that? Why introduce sugars when you don't need to? Now, I am more than happy to answer questions about things like water, right? But It's not a big rock. And people get hung up on this like, oh my gosh, is it okay to drink seltzer water? Like, do I have to drink pure tap water? I get it because I would get really kind of caught up on, is this okay? Is this okay? What about this? Should I eat this? Do you recommend this? Do you eat this? How often do you eat it? I did all that stuff too. But remind yourself that this is a very small rock. Is this something that's going to really move the needle whether you do it or whether you don't? I mean, really, drink it, don't drink it, guzzle it, bathe in it. It is not going to be a big rock in terms of your results for sure. All right, next question. If I eat a banana at breakfast, am I taking myself out of fat burning mode? If I eat a banana at breakfast, am I taking myself out of fat burning mode? Now, let's first recap where this question comes from, okay? This question comes from my standard explanation about 
why having carbs in the morning is the least favorable time when your goal is fat loss. And this is because of the hormonal response in the morning because we've been fasting overnight, our blood sugar is low. And when we invoke a blood sugar response and therefore an insulin response, the presence of insulin takes us out of fat burning mode. Now, the amount of time we are out of fat burning mode depends on a lot of things. It depends on our insulin sensitivity. It depends on the degree of consumption. So how much did we raise our blood sugar? How much insulin did we produce, right? How much did we eat overall? So there's a ton of factors and people want to know, well, is something small going to take me out of fat burning mode? Is it going to take like, you know, four donuts? What's the deal here? Okay. Now, the ideal time to have this sort of stuff is later in the day, your dinner time meal, because that will have less of a blood sugar response, less of an insulin response. So you spend less time in storage mode. Insulin is a storage hormone. It is responding to an excess of blood sugar. It's taking it somewhere to be stored, okay? So people hear this and they think, oh my gosh, I love my morning banana. Is it taking me out of fat burning mode? And for how long do I need to give up my banana? The answer to that question, do I need to give up my banana, is no and maybe. Remember that food is a spectrum. Are you screwing yourself and your ability to burn fat if you switch from a Chick-fil-A biscuit to a banana? No, of course not. Progress is progress. And if you go from, you know, a biscuit and hash browns to a banana, of course that is an improvement. You might have been taking yourself out of fat burning mode for three quarters of the day with your previous breakfast, whereas the banana is a blip on the radar. So, you know, is the banana a better choice than the chicken biscuit? Of course, of course it is. Of course it is. A banana is better than a Pop-Tart for a fat loss breakfast. A banana is better than a bowl of cereal or a muffin for a fat loss breakfast. A banana is probably not better than a frittata for most people, right? Like eggs and veggies, but you do not have to be perfect. You do not have to be perfect. So again, I adore you guys and I love the questions, but let's not sweat the small stuff. Let's remind ourselves when these things pop into our head, and I do it too, I do it too, we aren't or have not ever been overweight because of bananas and seltzer water, right? So let's get and keep our energy on the big rocks and let go of the small rocks, right? It's not to say that I'm suggesting if fat loss is your goal that everybody eat bananas for breakfast. That is not what I am saying. But what I'm saying is progress is progress and food is a spectrum. Do not sweat the banana. If you love and look forward to the banana and you are making progress, eat the dang banana. It is a spectrum. That is a much better choice than an English muffin and a banana. Right? So if a banana and almond butter is what makes you happy in the morning and makes you make progress, great, do it all day long. Is it the gold standard? No, it is not. But do you need to eat the gold standard every meal and every snack to make progress and completely transform your body? Absolutely not, you don't. No way, Jose. Absolutely not. I will tell you right now, true confession, I am sitting here with a Diet Coke. With a Diet Coke. I wanted a Diet Coke. I am drinking a Diet Coke. Is it perfect? No. Is it primal? No. Is it going to impair my progress? No. 
<laughs> now, it will increase the chances that I'll experience cravings later on, but that's a risk that I acknowledge. And so later, if I'm craving something sweet, I'm just going to be like, Ugh, I totally brought that on myself because I indulged. I had the Diet Coke. I really wanted it. I knew it wasn't a big deal. And then I'll, I'll ignore the craving. If I gave into the craving, that's no big deal either. But knowing where it came from. So that's something to realize about the banana. If it works for you, do it. If it is something that you enjoy, but it doesn't satisfy you very long, then switch it. If you're not ready to switch it, focus on something else. So the answer to if you have a banana at breakfast, are you taking yourself out of fat burning mode? Anytime that you raise your blood sugar enough to require a surge of insulin. The presence of insulin does turn off fat burning. That is just biochemistry. That's the way the body works. However, that degree will depend on how much you ate, what time you ate it, your sensitivity to insulin or lack thereof, your activity level, all sorts of things. So if you had one banana and you create this insulin response, yet when insulin is hanging around doing the delivery of fuel throughout the body, your body to be efficient won't be burning fat. But it'll get back to fat burning mode much faster than if you had four bananas, much faster than if you had a couple of Pop-Tarts, much faster than if you had a plate of pancakes, right? So it's all relative. I hope that really makes sense to you guys. All right, one more I want to address. This is kind of on a totally different, this isn't a food one. This is more of a mindset one. And I've gotten very, very different variations of this same question. I'm so overwhelmed by how far I have to go that I often feel defeated before I even get started and it prevents me from taking action. Have you ever felt this way and how did you handle it? Hello, have we met? You know the story of my life. Absolutely, I have felt that way. I was so overwhelmed and daunted by the idea of losing 100 pounds. Like, it seemed insurmountable to me. And I, too, would get so overwhelmed and I would plan and plan and plan and plan and plan. And then I'd freak out and freak out and freak out and stress about how hard it would be. And I never made progress, right? I never, that, that was not an effective strategy. So let's first acknowledge everybody here, worrying about it, being overwhelmed by it is not an effective strategy. But that's only one part of it. So what is the effective strategy and how do we get there, right? I understand the fear of the road ahead. I totally get that. And there are a couple of things that really worked for me that I teach my clients that I think are also very helpful for them. Number one was this. This was a big change for me. In my dieting past, I felt like the only way to really cut back and be good and lose weight was like chicken breast and broccoli and egg whites. And I was miserable and I hated every meal and I kind of choked it down. And that led to me feeling like I was missing out on so much. And you only feel like you're missing out if you don't truly love and enjoy the foods that you're eating. So when I made this change, when I made this transformation and what I encourage all my clients is... Focus on foods you love. Focus on foods you look forward to eating. I really love burgers, so I make amazing burgers and I just don't have the bun and I put avocado on top or I'll put like um, a soft boiled egg or like a soft fried egg or bacon and all sorts of different things. So that's something I love. I don't feel like I'm missing out. I'm not sitting there going, I really miss the bun and the french fries. And part of that is perspective. Part of that is a choice, but also it's building 
your meals around foods you really love. I love Brussels sprouts, so I eat a lot of them. I don't like broccoli, so I don't really eat it. You know, that's very, very rare that I'm going to make broccoli because I don't enjoy it. And if I don't look forward to eating it, I'm just not going to eat it because you should enjoy your food. And a lot of the fear of how far you have to go isn't about time, right? Although that can play a part of it. It really is about the fear of what you have to give up to get there. And the only time we really experience that is if we feel like we're missing out on something. So make sure that you are investing time and energy in finding foods you love. So that's number one. Number two is presence presence, and I don't mean gifts, okay? This is my perspective on being stressed or overwhelmed, which is very common in the face of having a long weight loss journey ahead. The only way that it is possible for you to feel stressed or overwhelmed is if you are mentally in the past or mentally in the future, right? The only way for you to feel stressed and overwhelmed is if you are sitting there thinking about a past pattern of behavior, how hard it's been before or how many times you failed before or how many times you felt deprived before, or if you are mentally hanging out in the future, how long it will take, what you'll have to miss out, miss out on, if you'll be able to do it, right? The only way you can feel those sensations is if you're somewhere other than right here, right now, in this moment, right? If you are expecting something, anticipating something, or beating yourself up about something, that means you're out ahead of yourself or you're way back behind yourself. Bring yourself to the present moment. What am I doing right now? And what is the best choice I can make right now? When you start to feel that panic, that stress, that sense of overwhelm, and this is true not just of weight loss and fat loss. This is true of work. This is true of finances. This is true of family life. You allow yourself to feel overwhelmed if you are perseverating on something that's long since gone, even if it's 10 minutes gone, or you are anticipating and worrying about things out ahead. When you notice either of those things, bring yourself right to now. Where am I right now? What am I doing? What is the one thing I can do to take care of myself right now, right? If you're stressed about fat loss, what is the one thing I can do right now in this moment? What happened yesterday doesn't matter. What happens tomorrow doesn't matter. What is the one thing I can do in this moment that's going to move me towards my goals, right? If right now in this moment, the best thing you can do is to say, no, thank you. I don't want that cookie. I'm good right? Then do that. Don't stress about how many times you're going to have to say no to cookies or how you're possibly going to say no to the cake next week. Let it go. It's draining your energy. Bring yourself back to right now. The only way that we can feel stressed and overwhelmed is if we are mentally ahead of ourselves or behind ourselves. So bring it back. Bring it back to right now and ask yourself what you can do in this moment. So my two tips to feeling overwhelmed and having that really hold you back from taking action as number one, focus on foods you love, and that will reduce the sense of missing out or deprivation. I also allowed myself in occasional indulgences while really paying attention to how they made me feel. In doing that, I was able to see that I loved and enjoyed ice cream, but it actually kind of made me feel thick and heavy and blah. And over time, enjoying it moderately, I kind of got to the point where I was like, I don't love this as much as I thought I did now that I'm tuned into how it really makes me feel. And my clients definitely experience similar things. So 
focusing on foods you love, scheduling in indulgences for things that are really important to you, but paying close attention to how they make you feel physically and mentally, and then stop hanging out in the past, stop hanging out in the future. All right. Those are the, co- the questions I'm going to cover for today. I really want to know what you thought of the random show. Do you want me to cover more questions per Q&A episode? Do you like it when I just focus on one and take a deeper dive? Are you interested in more of the soy topic or the legume talk topic? Head over to primalpotential.com. Get on the email list. Shoot me an email. Let me know. That's how I stay in touch with you guys. That's really important to me because, as I say, almost every week, I want this show to be addressing your struggles and your challenges and your needs. So let's hear them. I'll cover them so long as I think that I can and I have that ability. And if not, I'll try to find somebody to bring on the show so that we can cover it. So get in touch with me. I hope this was helpful for you. I love answering your questions. I love hearing from you. And until next time, stay healthy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.